When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Having a mega star is beyond important. Throughout the years, one guy has basically been the reason a company has been successful. From Bruno San Martino to Ric Flair to Hulk Hogan to Steve Austin to Antonio Inoki to Kabashi to John Cena and so on. For one reason or another, though, promotions seem to get too comfortable with this and go, well, they're bulletproof, let's have some fun. And as we know, you never have fun. I am Simon What Culture, though. Never test how hot the fire is, and please do subscribe. And this is 10 Insane Risks. WWE took with its biggest stars. Number 10, Hulk Hogan. In all sports, winners win because they don't want to lose. This was the premise for the Hulkster as soon as he hit the big time and yet when he did suffer defeat, my word, what an asshole. Clearly Hogan felt like he should just win all the time, which proved a problem when it came to the Royal Rumble, because that just ain't gonna happen. He did win in 1990 and 1991, but when he didn't in 1989 and 1992, he threw a fit. In the former, he illegally attacked the Twin Towers because they had a eliminated him, and during the latter, he pulled Sid Justice out when he was standing on the floor, because again, Sid had got the better of him. WWE had to put in cheers in future edits as fans booed the ship out of this, as they should have done, was a child throwing their toys out of the pram. Though it is just crazy the powers that be chance this, because I tell you, it could have gone horribly wrong. The benign John Cena. We all know WWE loved John Cena, but if history has taught us anything, it's that they hated Zack Ryder even more no idea why, because that guy rules. In 2012, though, Vince McMahon and his friends decided that Ryder shouldn't have got himself over on YouTube, so gave him the US title just to humiliate him. For you see, during this reign, he was not only presented as Cena's lackey, but also put in a feud with Kane. Zack had to treat this like he was about to die, although there was logic to that. The big red machine would ruin him so badly Ryder would wear a neck brace on TV and be pushed around in a wheelchair. Then one day, Kane just threw him off the entranceway. And what did John do in response to this? He stole Zack's girlfriend. Yep, Ryder was dating Eve Torres in the story and one day caught Cena making out with his gal and this was the catalyst to turn the Long Island IZ heel. I mean you couldn't make it up. WWE should count their lucky stars. Cena was already dividing the audience 50-50 at this stage because seriously, it could have finished him off for good. Number 8, Sable. In 1999, the relationship between WWE and Sable was not good. They had parted ways, there was a lawsuit and it seemed like everybody was done for 
good. Kind of mad given the previous 18 months had seen the pair make a lot of cash together. Sable's Playboy issue did monster numbers, broke records, and sent her off to superstardom. She also found a way to make it work in the ring, and in many ways, she was the female Steve Austin in terms of what she was doing on the other side. It was around this time there was a disconnect, however, and despite her popularity and as some sort of weird punishment, WWE turned Sable heel, which was the nail in the coffin. It was just downhill from here, and maybe, just maybe, if a healthy conversation had been had instead, this wouldn't have needed to happen. But she had prodded the bear, and you know how that goes. Number 7, Rey Mysterio. In many ways, you could say WWE never knew what to do with Rey Mysterio because he wasn't six foot two, but it all really came to a head when Eddie Guerrero passed away in 2005. This had an effect throughout the roster because of course it did, but Eddie and Rey had been friends for years and clashed in many matches that still hold up today. They were feuding once again before Eddie's tragic passing, and it seemed at first we were going to honor that. Mysterio took on Shawn Michaels during the tribute show, which was a dream match, and soon after won the tag team titles with Batista. It was just two guys who loved Guerrero winning to celebrate their friend. Sadly, WWE didn't know where to stop, and that's when 2006 rolled around. We all know about this because all of a sudden, Randy Orton was told to jump on the memory of Eddie, and it was controversial to say the least. Mysterio wasn't even painted as that much of a sympathetic figure by the time he won the World Heavyweight title at WrestleMania, and the run he had after that, sheesh. I mean, it was awesome that Ray got the nod, but he was almost punished for it just because he was small. This was a very bizarre and a very difficult situation. Number six, Randy Orton. Randy Orton beat Triple H at Super Showdown 2019. This shouldn't be newsworthy, but it was because this literally never happened. Seriously, go back through their programs in 2004, 2006, and 2009, and even though Orton was always the up-and-comer compared to the game, it was always Hunter that got the W. It began badly as WWE rushed Randy into the world title picture before realizing their errors and switching it back to Triple H weeks later. And then when we jumped to round two, they literally changed the championship at No Mercy three times. It was given to Orton, then Trips beat him, and then Randy won up the man with three H's before the night was through. WrestleMania 25 now exists as a conversation as what not to do after a really good blood feud. I mean, the first thing these two do was lock up, which made no sense. And as you already know, the Viper lost there too. Orton made his way to the top anyway, but given how good it is, it seems nuts WWE dared to play with his push as much as they did. Imagine he had slayed the King of Kings at the appropriate time. It would have been huge. Number five, CM Punk. Well, you must have seen this one coming. Well, one story is that CM Punk smashed it during the build to Money in the Bank 2011, became a star, defeated John Cena, and then continued to be a main eventer. So what's the problem? That's not getting into the whole shebang. It certainly is true that the summer of Punk was wonderful, but once the sun had set, I mean my word. We had all that madness at SummerSlam with Kevin Nash and Alberto Del Rio. He then lost to Cena on Raw, so that balanced out, was defeated by Triple H, at Night of Champions, suffered another one when R-Truth and The Miz outdid him and Hunter, and the same happened when Punk took on Del Rio and Cena in Hell in a Cell. It took till November before we were back on track, but even then, he was always treated like number two on the ladder, even though fans were desperate for more. If we had just pulled the damn trigger and gone, okay, this is our guy, the situation would have been so much different. And of course, it was still great with awesome moments, but to pretend they didn't
didn't treat CM Punk as they did the other so-called top guys, we'd be doing all of this a disservice. And before Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is so freaking good. I think we've all forgotten this now because he's so consistent you take it for granted, but the man delivers all the time. He's like a postman. He'd have to go out of his way to have a bad match. Even with this knowledge, though, WWE still decided to tell Seth at Hell in a Cell 2019, why don't you go out there, completely forget about all the rules that make up this stipulation, and basically act so non-babyface the fans boo you as you leave. Sure, why don't we go and do that? We all remember this because it was so bad, but the feud with Bray Wyatt was so all over the place we had to abruptly stop Rollins' good guy push and switch him back to being a villain. It took ages to get going with that too, all down to the fact that nobody could get past this night. It was so, so rubbish. As already mentioned, Seth did make it work eventually and really should be turned back sooner rather than later, but to even think about putting Rollins into this position in a hell in a cell. I mean, it ended with a referee stoppage. I don't want to talk about it. Number three, Becky Lynch. A recent one this because even though Becky Lynch was one of the most popular female superstars WWE has ever had, they too went, why don't we bring her back as a heel at SummerSlam 2021? Furthermore, she can beat Bianca Belair that everybody loves in 15 seconds or whatever it was, and this was like wanting some pizza, and then the restaurateur forces you to eat glass. Lynch had to suffer more madness in 2019 when everyone decided having a Becky and Seth Rollins versus Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin feud was a good idea. And while there were actually some decent moments, it was just so out of nowhere. It was something to do, so we went and did it. And when it didn't work, we moved on and never talked about it again. These kind of tie in too, because the fans stuck with Becky throughout all of this, as they should have done. And WWE still thought the best course of action was for Lynch to tell them to do one. Why do we make it so hard? Number two, Sunny. The internet did exist in 1996. I don't want any of those comments because you didn't listen. And in the mid-90s, do you know who the queen of it was? Sunny. She was AOL's most downloaded celebrity that year, and we all know why, and was a hot commodity for the then WWF. Sunny had created an amazing niche for herself that would surely catapult her to the next level. For some reason, those in charge didn't really know what that meant, because the outcome of this was for Sunny to manage absolutely everyone. She started with the Body Donners, then moved on to the Godwins, and finished up with the Smoking Guns, and it never worked, and yet we continued on anyway, including Farouk, who eventually ditched her to start the Nation of Domination. Following this, she was mostly used as a guest ref or a ring announcer, and after one last attempt alongside the Legion of Doom, she was released in July 1998. You really do need to go back in time and see how popular she was to understand how weird this is. I still don't get it, which means I've been thinking about it for 24 years. I may have a problem. Number one, Sable and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold has talked about this on his podcast, and as usual, his instincts were correct when it came to bad storylines. The WWF were looking at this differently because in 1997, they just wanted to make money. So why not take two of their brightest stars and link them together? So when the Rattlesnake was searching for a tag team partner on Raw, he accidentally stormed in on a half-naked Sable who covered up her bits with an Austin 316 t-shirt. This was mostly done so the ever-present horny teenage boys would have some content, but the creative team also thought having Steve and Sable start some sort of relationship may work. Austin shot that straight down, though, because it was the complete opposite of his character, and given how WWE does usually treat those kind of a things, thank goodness for that, I do not need to see it. If you were willing to take this sort of chance with the bionic redneck, however, I tell you, nobody is safe, because if Vince McMahon gets an idea... Well, that is the end of that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 